Hello and welcome to the This Is Ibrox podcast. This is your immediate match review of Rangers 2, St Johnston Nil at Ibrox this afternoon. I'm your host, Ross Chalmers, and I've got two great guests with me this evening. Uh, David, we'll start with you. Hi, how are you? Hey, mate. Yeah, good. Good, thanks. Good to pick up the win and be speaking after a win, so can't complain. It's always a good Saturday when, when Rangers win, isn't it? And yeah, it wasn't just a, a Todd Cantwell debut today, it's a debut for Alex as well in the This Is Ibert's podcast. Alex, how are you? Doing all right, mate. Thanks very much. Good to be here. Yep. Good to yep. get started. Great to have you, mate. Great to have you. So we'll just we'll just crack on with the game. Um, there was quite a bit to get through, actually, today. We're not going to touch on anything to do with Edmondson House. I know that's kind of on everyone's lips at the moment because that was the unve- unveiling today, but we'll maybe skim over that. I'm sure that uh, the guys tomorrow in the Sunday podcast and can have a wee chat and that. We'll just go through the game today. But if anyone was there, get it in the comments. We can flash them up, maybe have a wee chat at the end if we've got some time. Um, David, I'll start with yourself then. Um the lineup today was McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Davies, Barisic, uh, Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara, Malik Tillman, Todd Cantwell, Ryan Kent, and Alfredo Morelos. And I can't believe I remember that off the top of my head because I forgot to note that down. But what were your what were your thoughts on the lineup today? Any surprises? I know there was a lot of chat uh, before the game around Sakala, and maybe a lot feeling there was a wee bit of disappointment there for him. How how did you feel about the lineup today? I wasn't drastically surprised, to be honest, mate. Um, don't get me wrong, Sakala's done well for us, and his numbers, you know, they speak for themselves, but I think the majority of us are well aware that Sakala does have his limitations. I think if you ally that to the fact that Beale made quite a big deal out the fact that, you know, anyone he signed in this window was going to be a starter, not squad filler, I think the only reason you maybe would have left Campwell is if he was really rusty, really not match fit, but I think he showed enough even in the opening few minutes to show that's not necessarily the case, so he has got a way to go. Other than that, I don't think there was any massive surprise. Potentially, you know, would you expect Lundstrom in there? Yeah, maybe, but equally, you know, I don't think putting Jack and Kamara as the holders actually makes that much of a difference to the team. So, no, it was pretty much what I expected. It was great to see Campwell get a debut. And obviously, I'm sure we'll come on to it later, but it was good to see new signing Haji get his debut as well. Um, so, no, no surprises for me at all. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see that line about Haji eventually in the next couple of weeks when he's back up to kind of full fitness. I thought... I think you're right there when it comes to Jack and Kamara. It's very much like for like with John Lundstrom. So any of the, the two of the three that play in there, there's not really any surprise. You kind of know what you're getting from all of them. I mean, we'll touch on Glenn Kamara later today because that was a surprise that he scored. But I think you know what you're getting kind of all round for these players. Alex, what about yourself? Any surprise in there? How did you feel about seeing Todd Cantwell? I think maybe some of the support was surprised to see him because with... Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, it was very much that it took time to get the kind of new guys in the team and there was a lot of frustration throughout the, the fan base with that. How did you feel about the team? Well, I mean, obviously, when you're halfway through a season, the expectation is a lot of the players have more minutes in their legs than through preseason, so it makes sense that he'd be able to come right in. I was a little surprised that he was thrown right in, but I suppose if you're going to put him in any game, a home game, against 
St. Johnston's is good a chance as any. I thought, yeah, Lundstrom, Kamara, Jack, the three of them, that's kind of, they're all kind of even in, in their position in the midfield as well. So take one out, put one in, it doesn't make too much of uh, a surprise anyway. The rest of the team kind of wrote itself. It's, it's, it's you know, Cholak still maybe working off the back of that injury. So that's why we're not likely to see him start uh, on Wednesday either. But uh, it, it kind of, the team wrote itself, I think, to me. Yeah, I think you made some good points there. I think there was a lot of negativity before the game, like I spoke about with Sakala, but I think we're at that point now where we're starting to get a stronger squad again, and I really don't see rotation in that team as a, as a negative. I think Sakala's played the last seven, um, and he's done really well in that time, but I would imagine that Beals maybe get one eye on Wednesday at Tynecastle. So rotation throughout the team is good, in my opinion. Um, and I was happy to see John Lundstrom starting the bench, to be honest, because I really don't think he's been at it at all this season. So I, I thought it was a good lineup. Um, and another thing, I think we always forget about it sometimes, but the consistency in the back line is really good to see at the moment. Because think where we've been this season when it comes to centre halves, you know, having that partnership between mm. Conor Goldson and Ben Davies, they don't really look under pressure a lot of the time and, and I think we're building from that so yeah it, it was a good lineup for me and I, I agree with a lot of the points you've both made there we'll crack on with the game then um, I'll just summarize, summarize kind of things uh, that I'd noted down from the game uh, I felt it was a good start from Rangers uh, I felt they were pressing quite well a lot of touches from Todd Cantwell was dropping quite deep to get the ball There was I, I did read some negativity after the game about that maybe thinking he was a wee bit too negative in possession today but I thought I actually thought it was quite encouraging to see him dropping in and just trying to get touches and, and settle himself into the game um, there was a, a ball through from Tillman to Morelos it was a tight angle, it was saved and then the ninth minute was good play between Campwell Tillman and Morelos linking up again and I've got another note here from the 13th minute uh, Ryan Kent beats too many edge of the box, plays a Morelos and uh, it's blocked for a corner we will come back to Morelos uh, later on in this pod well, I'll start with you here, because obviously this is the, the kind of main aspect of the game at this point. It was a, a penalty to Rangers. I've actually got written here, uh, we're back, baby, because it's just those three <laughs> words, isn't it, that we all love to hear as a Rangers fan, just because, you know, it, it winds people up um, when it comes to mm. the other side of the city. What did you feel about the penalty? Was it a clear penalty for you, Alex? Where I sit in Ibrox, it, it wasn't clear, and I actually haven't been able to watch it back, so... Have you been able been able to watch it back? Do you think it's a clear penalty for Rangers? Oh, I'm 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 the same because I'm up in the club deck, so it, it kind of it did it all seemed like a mangler mangler bodies. But hearing back and as well seeing the opinions of folk on sport uh, or Super Scoreboard, uh, they seem to think it was quite an obvious outstretched limb. It's not like them to to say that as well. So definitely. And, and and from what I've seen of it as well, just on on Twitter, it definitely felt like it was a penalty. And I mean, at that point, we were pressing so high and kind of troubling them often. It felt like a goal was going to come one way or another. And when you spend that much time in and around the opponent's box, you're more likely to get penalties anyway. So I can't really, you know, I don't think they can have any complaints about it either because they they were kind of on the ropes at the time anyway. It's just you know personal. Uh, mistakes that left them down, I think, that first half. Yeah, I, Dave, before I come to you here, 
Curry is exactly who I feel when I'm on the ground, you know, didn't see the penalty, all I heard was a roar from the crowd. And I think when you are <laughs> at that other side of the of the ground, you just believe that it mu- there must be something in it at least. Um, I, I believe you were watching at home today. Can you confirm that it was a penalty? And and just further on from that, have any doubts about James Tavernier? Because at this point, I don't. I don't have any doubt that he's going to put it away. How did you feel about it? Yeah, so um, I did have the benefit of replays for me. Yeah, it's definitely a penalty. Um, Paul in the chat there has said the hand was away from the body. And, you know, as soon as you do that, you're asking for it. I think, as Alex said, you know, mistake. Yeah, it was. Um, the only, I'll be honest, I've been able to have a float about on social media because I haven't had the rush back. Um, it's just the usual moon howling, mate. Um, you know, those those usual suspects claiming that it wasn't a penalty, but anyone when any kind of unbiased opinion seems to think it was looking at the replays for me, it was um, to answer the second part of your question. Nah, no worries about Tav at the minute. There was a spell where, you know, he'd missed a few and I was a bit dubious, but he's put that well behind him. So nah, no issues for me at the minute. Yeah, I, I very much agree with you. I think, I was definitely at a stage with James Tavernier at one point where I was doubting him, but I just I don't know what it is at the moment. Um, you just think he's going to score, don't you? Well, yeah, I don't think he's having. The, I don't think he's in the best form of his life at the moment, James no. Tavernier. But when it comes to the penalty spot, there just seems to be a calmness around him. Um, and I thought it was a really good penalty as well. Uh, I must say, I thought uh, I believe it was Remy Matthews in goal for St Johnston again. I thought he had a great game again mm. today for St Johnston. I really thought he saved them at times, um, as he did last weekend. So. Yeah, great penalty, and, and it was wonderful to see. And I think that was a good start for us. I think it's it always settles the crowd at Ibrooks. There's it can get a wee bit anxious sometimes when we don't get the lead early. So that was good, um, and really let the team kind of start the game well. I'll be honest, Ross. I was just delighted we scored first for a change. <laughs> yeah, it's rare these days, isn't it? it is yeah, rare. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's far too often we're gifting the first goal to the opposition. So. Right. in the first yeah. half as well. Don't not going yeah. into half time at nil nil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot exactly. And it's something we have seen from this team a wee bit at the moment. You know, they are they're going to go behind to maybe spur them on. Uh, we've seen it under previous managers. It's not just Michael Beale that's had this problem. We've we've seen it before with this team. Um, and listen, it's obviously a negative, but they have come back into games and, and managed to grab results. So I'm trying to look at the positive side of it. Uh, yeah, we'll just continue on then. Couple more notes here. I feel like all of my notes today have Morelos in it until they get taken off. Now I don't know if that's a positive or a negative here. Well, I'll let you guys decide on that. Um, this is a big one for me. It's a twenty-second minute. Uh, Morelos is played through by Kamara. He's one on one, and it's a good save uh, from Matthews again. I've got noted as well. You know, Morelos was quite poor at this point. You know, his link up was okay, but just that composure around the box that we were looking for today to kind of kill the game off. He just didn't have. And I'm just going to ask you about this now, uh, David, because it's something I was going to ask later in the podcast, but I feel it's difficult to, to skim over it when I've mentioned them so, off, uh, so often already. How did you feel about Morelos today? I think, for me, you kind of seen the all of the best and all of the worst of Morelos today. You know, that the kind of link-up play around the box, he was quite unlucky at points, maybe things didn't come off, but... He was making a nuisance of himself and, and he was throwing himself around. But when he just gets in front of goal, he just 
he's always lacked that composure and I'm just not sure that's ever going to come from him. I just think this is the type of player he is. How, how did you feel about Morelos today and some of these chances he just wasn't putting away? Um, overall, I would sum him up as poor, to be honest, mate. Um, I thought his link-up was okay, yeah. Um, especially, I think it was him that put it around the corner for Kamara's goal, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But um, he's our striker. And we aren't blessed with wingers that are going to score loads of goals. Maybe Campwell will change that. Maybe Hadji, when he comes back, will change that. But as things stand at the minute, the only one really is Sakala, who obviously wasn't playing at that point. Um, you need your striker to stick away goals. Now, I think in previous seasons, we've always sat here as Rangers fans and we've talked about Morelis' off-the-ball work and his hold-up play. I think it was maybe a wee bit of an eye-opener when we had Kolach and he was going through that run of games where he was just seemed to score everything that he got in there. And I think that's maybe reminded us that actually, you know, hold-up play's great and you absolutely need that. But at the same time, your striker needs to score goals. And just more and more, you know, the more chances he wastes, the more chances that are poorly taken, I just start to think, well, hang on a minute here. You know, what's what's going on we need a striker that can score goals and unfortunately i don't think it's morelos anymore mm. yeah i think in i think in games like today when you know you're playing against a side that's going to play two banks of five you're probably going to have a lot of the ball um and you're going to get a lot of chances i just think these type of games are probably where we need Antonio Cholak. Now, he's been injured lately, so that's very unfortunate, but we've seen in the, the first half of this season that he was clinical, especially at Ibrox. He was scoring a lot of goals for us, and I think you're right to highlight that, that we definitely have missed him in games like this. We just, it just Morelos has never had this clinical side of his game, and I actually think it's a credit to him because he's managed to score so many goals for Rangers, but I just don't see him as a clinical number nine. He ever, never has been... And I don't think he ever will be. There's a couple of comments here before I come to yourself, Alex, about Morelos. Um, Robert Rennie says, thought Buff played well, just couldn't score today. I, I don't think that's a, an incorrect way of looking at it. I thought all round he was fine, but just that, yeah. that kind of in front of goal when he had the opportunity to kill the game for us, he didn't take it. Um, Teddy Bears, he thinks, you know, it is his job to score, which again, can't really disagree. This is an interesting point from RFC 56. Um, we can get a better striker than Morelos who'll score more goals with his wage. Now, that's actually something I do agree with at this point. It's I think for it's the, not wrong, is he? Um, I think for the salary that Morelos is rumoured to be on, I think the club can probably do better business than that. And it's probably why we haven't seen that a renewal at this point. Um she, Alex, how do you how do you sorry, David, I'll, I'll let you come back in two seconds. I'll just ask Alex how he feels about Morelos. You know, do, did you have the same frustration as myself and David today with Manelos? How did you feel about I, it? A little bit. It always felt like he was just one one or two seconds away from being able to score. And, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe just if you give him too much time, he, you know, he overthinks it and it, he'll, he'll shank it. It's, it's a shame. He, has, he hasn't been clinical ever, really. But he's the problem is he's become so important in how we break down teams at this level in terms of, you know, especially when they play a low block, him dropping deep to draw out the the uh, the, the people man marking, open up gaps in behind, as well as his cross field passing and his uh, short passing as well. It, it's kind of a shame that he isn't a great goal scorer. Really, he's a great scorer of goals, but I wouldn't say he's a great goal scorer. You know, um, can we get better for him? 
probably. I think we can improve. We should always be looking to improve. We should never be able. We should never just be saying, "Oh, well, we'll we'll have to settle for him, or we'll have to stick by him, or whatever." If we can get better, and I'm sure the scouting team will have seen strikers in leagues comparable with ours doing a similar job to him, while also scoring more goals. And maybe that's that's something we'll probably have to look at. Michael Beale obviously is conference saying they'll be looking at another number nine in the summer once the season ends. I think that's uh, probably going to be one of the priorities that scouts will be looking at. And if worse comes to worst, or even just since his contract's run out anyway, we might be seeing the last of him. Yeah, that's an interesting point you made there because I actually seen those comments just before we came live about looking for a number nine this, um, and a goalkeeper. So I think that'll please a lot of Rangers fans. David, would you like to come back in on Morelos just before we move on? Yeah, um, so fully appreciate I'm probably one of the older ones in our group now. Um, thinking back to the likes of Helicopter Sunday, it's all well and good beating teams in this league, but we know that actually sometimes it can come down to goal difference. And at the minute, I'm not sure the exact number, but we are well behind Celtic on goals taken. Um, I think someone actually, I kind of mind if it was comments here, if it was in the group chat, but someone said, it. you know, this this was a really good opportunity to put down a marker, to chalk up a few goals on the four column. And you just don't have any confidence that Morelos is going to take them. If you if you needed to win by seven goals at Dunfermline, would you want Morelos playing? I don't know. I don't yeah. know to be honest. I think I think I think the old Morelos in the form that he was in maybe a couple of years ago. I don't think there's any doubt that this is the guy that you would pick. You would probably yep. you would probably take the misses because you know eventually he'll grab something for you or he'll do something to win a game. But we just don't see it enough anymore, unfortunately. And I think today mm. just kind of summed up. Uh, Alfredo Morelos' season for us uh, and I think it's something that Michael Beale's going to have to address at the end of the season and it will be interesting to see what way the club go um, there's a, a lot of decisions actually for Michael Beale at the end of the season <laughs> yeah. no, there's Curry in the comments 21 goals, that's the difference it's only just uh, after Christmas yeah. it, does, it, it does feel like maybe that injury he got in the middle of last season I think it was that it was it was maybe in Dingwall or something, uh, just uh, just before the Europa League knockout ties, where it feels like it really robbed him of a lot. You know, obviously it was a deep yeah. deep thigh muscle injury, and obviously he was never the fastest player, but it just feels like that extended spell on the t- uh, the sidelines, right as he was hitting a real rich vein of form, just kind of really stole Lever's confidence, or just a lot of what made him great for us, you know, and I'm not sure we might ever see it back. But, you know, as a club like Rangers, you can't really bank on waiting to see if he gets it back. You've always got to just be, you, you know, at your top all time, all the time, every game. You know? It's ruthless, you isn't wait it? Out as, yeah, it, it is. But, you know, you can't wait out someone's bad patch of form. Yeah. We, for some reason, we have done with the centre of midfield because we've not been given any alternative in regards to the likes of Lundstrom and that. And, uh, you know, that's a shame. But, you know, we have Cholak, we have Roof one game every four months. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's it's something we will have to look at. Yeah, I think, I think David, you you had a great description of that. They are ruthless. We need to be ruthless. You know, we have to look at this in, in the sense of what's going to take us forward as a football club. 
And if we can invest uh, the money that is attached to Alfredo Morelos and a more clinical striker, or it could be another position in the squad and someone else steps up and takes that number nine, then we have to do it. Unfortunately, that's just what we need to do. There, We can't be any room for sentiment, unfortunately. Um, just before we move on, you're getting a, a lot of love in the comments, <laughs> Alex. Teddy Bear is clearly way too chilled out for this podcast. Way too chilled. So, yeah, okay. So we'll move on then. Just a couple of quick notes here before we kind of move on to the the main kind of point of the, the first half of that red card. Um, I've got another note here about Jack played a really nice ball out to Tillman on the right-hand side, who I thought had a really good game today, Malik Tillman. Mm. He cuts the ball back. Campwell dummies it, and uh, Kent has a shot saved from the edge of the box. Really good football. And like I said, I've got noted here that I thought Tillman was the best best in the pitch today, actually. Um, and the resulting free kick from Bourne is saved. And then we'll, we'll come to 34th minute. Bit of a strange one for me. We'll start with yourself, Alex, on this. You might be in the same situation as me. and uh, Looks like we, we sit in similar positions in the ground. It's a, it's a red card for Nicky Clark. Um, looks to be a really bad tackle on Ryan Jack. He looked to be in a lot of pain after it. Now, from where I am, I'm actually behind Nicky Clark when he makes that tackle, mm. I think. So it's difficult to see really any contact. And David, we might need to come to you again for you to confirm. Aye. But at the, at the time, I feel, did you expect it to be a red card? Were you surprised when you seen kind of our looking at it? How did you feel at the time? I mean, just immediately, you did think it was a bad one. Maybe partially because it was Ryan Jack and you know what he's like, you know, with injuries and that. And when you see him go down clutching clutching his face and all that and rolling about, you think, oh, you know, and it, it definitely seemed tough and the reaction of the fans all around and on the opposite stands all seemed to confirm that. I didn't, you know, as, just like you, I didn't get the greatest view of it, so I probably really can't comment on it. But, uh, you know, I mean, if Willie Collins given a red card in our favourite, you know, it must be something in it, you know. Yeah, I actually thought the same. I was very surprised when I seen that red card come out, uh, Willie Collin. But in saying that, um, you know, he's got to do his job at the end of the day. I know there's a, a lot in this, a lot of criticism of the referees in this country, and that doesn't surprise me at this point. But David, how did you feel about this red card? Clear red card? Any doubt? Um, so watching it in real time, I wasn't convinced. Um, obviously, again, I get the benefit of the replays because I'm watching it on TV. Looking at the replays, 100%. Um, leg was straight, studs were out, just below Jack's kneecap, which, you know, there's probably a separate discussion, actually, how long it'll be till we see Ryan Jack again yeah. now off the back of that. But, yeah, 100% a red for me on the replay. Okay, well, that's encouraging to hear because we're going to come on to the, the next incident straight after that, and uh, this might be a, a a controversial one. So, David, I'll start with yourself then. Um, regardless of how anyone feels on whether this is a yellow or a red card, um, I thought this was really, really silly from Ryan Jack. You know, we've just managed to, to get St. Johnston reduced to 10 men, and he absolutely flies in and Adam Montgomery. Um, from my angle at the time at the ground, I felt it was a yellow card. I just felt he was late. Uh, having watched it back, and I do like to always try and be honest in this podcast, I think he's I think he's got away with one there, Ryan Jack. I think he possibly could have seen a red today. I think it's one of those ones where 
it's not a clear and obvious decision. So whatever way the referee deems it, I think it's given, to be honest. I don't think it gets changed. So yeah. how did you feel about on this, David? You're going to tell me that I'm incorrect in this one. Definitely a, a, a yellow. So looking at it a couple of times and with the benefit of slow-mo and all that, my personal view is it's probably a yellow. But I think you're 100% right. It could just as easily have been given a red especially again, it's Willie Collum and he's just sent one of theirs off. Um, I think it's a really interesting point where you said at the start of that question for so needless, so stupid. They were in the side of their bloody box, for God's sake. You're not pressing them high, not trying instant, to keep them in. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to be instantly in on goal if you win it and certainly not with the speed of that tackle. They're no danger to you, so you jockey him. You move him towards one of the other players and you use the support from that player to press him properly. That, to me, just screamed revenge. And, you know, he's taking a sore one, maybe still feeling it. So he's thought, right, I'm going to clatter someone. And I, it was just completely needless. As I said, you can debate it. I think the same as you, it could have been given either way. And I think, you know, there's not an awful lot people could do to complain. Seen some comments in the chat, and I would agree he wasn't out of control and his studs weren't up, so that is why I thought it was a yellow. But I'll be honest, I'm amazed Colin didn't pull out his red card when it went in. I really was, um, and it was just needless, needless, mate. I think it's one of those challenges where it's right on the line for me. Um, I can't say on this podcast that I absolutely 100% think it's a red card, but I can't say the same for a yellow. It, it really is right on the line. Um, interestingly enough, we have quite a split in the comments here. Um, I think I've seen a comment earlier from, from Teddy Bears saying, to be honest, seeing Jack Challenge in real time, thought it was a yellow. However, I haven't seen it replayed. He was very lucky not to see red, which is fair, um, which coincides with him saying, he agrees with me, which is rare, Teddy Bear. So thanks very much. <laughs> Not many people agree with me. Um, I, I same here from uh, Dougie1872. Red card for me, Jack. We were lucky there, in my opinion. Um, I think we've seen another one, though, from, from Paul McGarrigle. He's saying... Not out of control or studs up yellow. I think it. I think you can see by the divide in the chat here that it is one of those that's it is right on the line. Um, and I just have to, I just have to try and take the kind of blue glasses off of these things and and try and look at it objectively. What What about yourself, Alex? How did you feel at the at the time? If you managed to watch it back after the game, funnily enough, I couldn't find a clip of the Nicky Clark challenge anywhere mm. on social media, but I could find the Ryan Jack one. Now I'm not I mean, sure. That. I'm not sure how that works. Someone might need to fill me in why that's the case. Um, yeah. But yeah, I haven't been able to see the Do you Nicky follow Clark one. Celtic fans, by any yeah. chance, Ross? <laughs> well, yeah, I can't find them anywhere, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Ryan Jack one looked a bad one. How do you? How do you feel on it, Alex? I I can't I can't help but feel we've gotten away with one there. And uh, I mean, the first thing was that at halftime, one of the lads who sits behind me showed me a picture on their phone of a. Uh, of a screenshot of a moment uh, Jack makes contact with a boy and his, his, his foot at the bottom of his foot's fully on the top of Montgomery's foot and he's come through the back of him. He's not getting a sniff of a ball and it's really calling my thought. And when, when he went over to the screen, I thought he's for sure sending Jack off. And I didn't think we could have had too many complaints. He didn't. And I'm not going to, you know, oh no, you know, I'm not going to complain that we didn't get a man sent off especially since it probably would have 
change the complexion of a game at that point, uh, going 10 for 10. Uh, I think we've been lucky, but we've been unlucky in the past. It all kind of evens out in the end, really, you know. Yeah, listen, Scottish referees get a lot of decisions wrong. Um, that is just the way of it, unfortunately. So, like I said, I'm I'm finding it difficult to go one way or the other. To be honest, I think we might have got away with one today, mm. um, and and I couldn't I couldn't come on this podcast and not be honest. So I'm glad we summed that up, and some people agreed with me there, which, like I said, is very rare. Um, so yeah, we'll move <laughs> on. We'll finish the first half off. Um, had another kind of a chance here for Ryan Kent. He cuts inside. He's he's fouled. Um, I think it's a free kick from Tab, and it's a really good save again by Matthews. I've got loads of these. Um, and then this was a big chance uh, for St Johnston. I think it was an added mm. time, Alex. Um, Daniel Phillips for St Johnston, who I thought was again great today, uh, really good for them. Actually, I don't think he'll be at St Johnston next season. He, he looked very good in midfield today. He he runs through after a bit of a mishap from Todd Cantwell, gives the ball away. He breaks through. He splits the defence open with a pass. I think he plays it through to Dre Wright, uh, who rounds the key- goalkeeper. Mm. Um, and I'm not really sure what happens to Dre right there. I think it was Scott Mitchell in our group chat that said someone turned his power off, which was a really good way of describing it. Actually, that was a, <laughs> I found that hilarious at the time. Um, Alex, let off, let off going into halftime oh, from I mean, uh, that I, one. I thought, I thought that was it. I thought we were going in halftime, and I thought this is going to be a classic St Johnston grind out a nervy draw. And he's he's slipped. He's fallen over himself. It's like something at a soccer am or something you know i just uh i i can't believe how lucky they got every every member of the defense even mcgregor for for falling for the dummy i thought that's you know that's that's shocking but you know you, you've got to ride your luck while you have it that's you know that's just the way football is you know but i i thought that was i thought that was one all <laughs> Yeah, David, how did you feel at that time? It was the nerves at that point. When he, especially when he rounded the keeper, did you think, ah, it's that, that, that's it? Terrible. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. he was just going to, as soon as he'd gone round, he was just going to pass it in the net, to be honest, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. Massive let off. Um, I don't know what the hell was going on by the lines. <laughs> I don't know if he was yeah. knackered or what, but yeah, it was a really bizarre kind of end to the move. I did think it was symptomatic a bit of us. Seemed like when we had that man advantage we almost kind of sat back and rested on our laurels a bit um obviously excluding the second goal but there just didn't feel to be any urgency and i was a bit like alex i was pretty worried that was going to come back and bite us in the backside to be honest yeah i think we've seen with this rangers team before actually when another side seems to get a man sent off they just seem to take their foot off the gas and I think it's a, it's the it's the exact opposite the fans want in this situation they just want you to go and you know go for the jugular go for the jugular put your foot in the throat whatever whatever term you want you want the team to go for it and it, it does come across sometimes as like okay we've we can just kind of see this game out now and I'm, I think his fans are looking for a wee bit more but that's at the end of the day three points three points I suppose um David we'll stick with yourself that takes us into halftime. Uh, we made a change at halftime. Ryan Jack comes off for lunchroom. I I mean, it was a heavy tackle from Nicky Clark. I'm going to say he's probably been brought off to protect himself because he was on a booking. Um, mm. That's probably the way I look at it. But how did you feel at halftime? Did you think, you know, we'll come out and we'll, we'll definitely ease through this game? Or did you think there was a wee bit of 
a worry there because of that chance from St. Johnson that clearly we could still be caught on the, the counter-attack. Yeah, so I think the latter, to be honest, mate, I was um, pretty nervous how we were going to come out. But at the same time, taking into context, Beal seems to fire them up something chronic at half-time in most games. Um, really, I think you said it there, mate, I was wanting more. You know, I wanted to see us putting the sword in that second half. Um, there was a worry, yes, because they'd come close, but equally, at the same time, they weren't a massive threat. But I just wanted to see a performance. I wanted to see us really go for a team and batter them. Yeah, well, this is an interesting comment from Pete, Pete Lawrence around that. You know, got a lot of attacking players coming up to speed. I'm sure once they're sharp, we'll get some better victories, guys. And listen, that, that, is a, that is a good way to look at it. I think... I think we have to be positive. The run we're on at the moment, you know, is very encouraging. Um, I don't think this team is playing anywhere near the, the capacity they can play at, but we just seem to be getting results. And I actually feel a lot of the results lately, they might not seem it at the time when you're watching the game, but we are quite comfortable in the majority of these games, especially defensively. I know there was that mishap at the end of the first half, but I think we are starting to get that kind of rhythm back. And of course, listen, Results are what we want at the end of the day. Um, so I'm glad to see that. We'll, we'll just jump into this, the second half, Alex, but I'll, cut, I'll come to you on, on the goal. I've just got noted it before. Really good bit of work from Morelos. This, I think this was on the right-hand side. Tillman throws it, plays it through to Kent. Um, and I've got noted again, it was a great save again. I think I've just seen a comment, actually, from someone. I might be able to find it there. Uh, yeah, Aldo, RFC. Their goalkeeper played a blinder today. I, and um, the previous game, by the way. Previous games, yeah. And I, and I can see that from Blue Nose 70. Were you guys impressed with St. John's goalkeeper? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if he's been at the club for a while. I'm not sure if they just brought him in. I, I really don't know. I know that I think it was Elliot Parrish, their goalkeeper, but they've definitely found a, a really good shot stopper there. And I thought he was great again today uh, for St. John's. really kept him in it. Really good save from Ryan Ken. And it was a really good bit of play. Um, Alex, we'll come to you in the goal then. Now, I get a lot of satisfaction with this goal. I am a massive Glenn Kamara fan. Probably over the top with it. A lot of people think I'm just ridiculous, but I just, I think in terms of a, a technically gifted footballer, Glenn Kamara's right up there for me. Um, probably doesn't suit our team anymore in the tactical approach, but I just, I love, I love watching him play. Um, I didn't think he was great all round today, but he gets his goal, which... I'll let everyone on a secret of this. Funnily enough, our group chat this morning was all around Glenn Kamara and why he doesn't why doesn't he shoot more? He gets opportunities, he doesn't score enough goals. Funnily enough, you know, he ends up getting the goal today. So it was a uh, I think Campwell played it to Morelos, he flicks it around the corner. Mm. Kamara's in one-on-one, he puts it bottom right. Something I would have loved to have seen Morelos do when he had that one-on-one opportunity. How did you feel about this goal, Alex? I actually thought this was a really well worked goal, right. and um, I thought the it pass was, from Cantwell as well was pretty good. How did, how did you feel about it? I, I felt like throughout the game, in the first half and the second, we had a lot of really, really slick, really nice passages of play. Lots of good interplay between Tillman and either Kent or uh, Cantwell. And I feel like that's, you know, that was a nice one to come off. Obviously, I felt like a couple more they could have done better at, but it's kind of vindication to the idea that the, the technical floor of the team's been raised over the last uh, couple of windows. 
I think, you know, last season we had too many players who were just grafters and too many players who just, like, get themselves about. Now we've got a lot of players, Tillman, Cantwell, Kent, uh, Morelos on occasion, where, you know, they can do something with a ball at their feet that's properly creative. And when they're on the same wavelength, you know, that's an easy key to unlocking any defence. And I think that goal was a proof of that. I think Kamara, you know, he doesn't get in front of goal often. He is quite a calm player. I think that shows in his midfield play. He's never, he's always looking for a percentage pass. He's always looking for the for the 100% pass rather than the, you know, the tricky balls that maybe other players like Tillman in the midfield might be. Uh, he's a bit, you know, he's a bit even keel in the midfield, but when he goes beyond and he can be a runner in behind, I think he's really, really talented about even if he doesn't show it. I think he plays more of a box-to-box role for the Finnish national team, which is where he gets to show that off a bit more often. And I think it definitely suits a, a league that's not like Scotland, a league where you get more space in behind and more space in the midfield. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that goal. I thought it was good to good to see kind of evidence of the interplay and training coming to the fore in, in the field, yeah. Yeah, I have to say I agree with a lot with what you've said there. I think when it comes to Glenn Kamara, I think we all know how good he can be in possession. And I think you're right to highlight the kind of runs he makes sometimes, but I think the frustration with fans is he just doesn't do it enough. Um, mm. There's a point here from, from Pete Lawrence. Kamara finishes those easy, th- easy, that's the thing. If he could just get in those positions more. And I think I think that's where the frustration comes with Glenn Kamara because a lot everyone knows how talented he is, but he just doesn't appear to... Maybe it comes down to confidence sometimes. It just doesn't feel like that's his role in the team. And it's a bit of a strange one. David, how do you feel? How did you feel about the goal to start with? And give me your thoughts on Glenn Kamara. You know, this is a player that has been linked with moves. Um, I'm not sure how long he's going to be here for it. You know, is there maybe a slight change we can make to get the best of him? Or how, how do you feel about the goal? And yeah, Glenn Kamara. Uh, so, firstly, the goal. Um... The finish was cracking, um, but I don't think you can walk past the kind of build-up to it either. Um, it was a really good team goal that he finished superbly. Um, Kamara's a frustrating one for me because, as Alex mentioned, he plays that role for Finland and he does it well by all accounts. can't say I've watched Masters of Finland games, but you know from what I've seen and heard, he, he always does well. We've seen like that finish today. You said it yourself, Ross. You know, that's what you want Morelos to do, not your holding midfielder. So, um, he's obviously got that technical ability to allow him to finish those kind of shots. He just needs to get in that position more. And I think in Scotland, yeah, we absolutely should be able to accommodate that because I don't think in most games you need those two sitters. You can keep one back and allow Kamara that freedom to go forward to get into those positions. By God, if he finishes him like that more often than not, you know, he's automatically in the team for me. I mm. think I'm not sure if he's going to stay. Um, you touched on rumours. I think the latest one I saw was um, Sevilla loan to buy. Um, Rumoured price of, I think it was one and a bit up front and 11 million when they buy him. Is that good value for him at the minute? Yeah, probably. Is that good value when he's at the top of his game? Probably not, to be honest. 
I reckon he's probably worth more than that when he is at the top of his game. It's just under Geo, he didn't get a chance to showcase that. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come with Beal that he is going to get more of a chance to. And It's a really dicey one for me because you could sell him, you make good money on him. Obviously, we're all well aware he was 50 grand when we bought him. Um, you know, that's that's a massive markup, however you look at it. But there's just that niggling doubt at the back of my mind that actually if we could get him slotted in that team on a regular basis and play into that level of quality all the time, I think we could get more for him. I thought you were going to break into the song there, David, the, the 50 grand song. I thought that was coming after that. Nobody like, wants uh... to hear me sing, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think when it comes to that, uh, that supposed offer from uh, Sevilla, Seville, I never, I, I never know what way to say that. Um, I think, I think if that is the money being offered, I think the club have to take it. To be honest with you, um, I think one and a half million up front, and then a lot. I'd imagine it's an obligation to buy. I think it's quite popular within the kind of Spanish leagues and the Italian leagues at this point because of financial fair play. Kind of allows them to get around it and spread the cost. So. Listen, I think for me that would be a great deal. Uh, whether it, it comes to fruition, I'm not sure. Um, it could be rumours. We've had a lot of rumours about Glenn Kamara, but I think I've said this before in this podcast, it'll be a sad day for me when he goes. Uh, I, I, and I would love to see more of him at, mm. in this Rangers team, but I'm just not convinced we can facilitate the type of player he is anymore, unfortunately. It's maybe just time to part ways, but listen, great to see him getting the score sheet today. I think I've seen someone in the chat saying about you know, our group chat should talk about players more often in the morning, see if they can get some goals. Well, it's been full of Nicholas Raskin this whole week, guys. So that probably, that's a sign that he, he might sign the dotted line before the deadline, hopefully. Alex, we'll come to you in this one. 63rd minute. Um, Sakala comes on for Cantwell. Obviously, we've kind of spoke about Sakala. Maybe a wee bit of disappointment there for him personally, maybe some of the fans. But we've not really touched upon... Todd Cantwell yet. How did you feel he got on today? I mean, I've got noted here I was quite impressed with him. I didn't think he was sparkling. But it's going to take time to kind of bed in, get his match fitness. How did you feel he got on today? At the very least, I thought he was willing, you know. He was always wanting the ball played to him, either to his feet or just in front of him. He was always wanting to, to pick it up and try and have a go at something. I thought some of the stuff didn't come off for him. And some of the stuff, maybe his over-eagerness kind of got him as picking the ball up in bad positions where maybe it would have been better served being spread inwards to the pitch. But, you know, I can't fault him for trying. I love players who, who don't hide. That's why I love Hadji so much because, you know, say what you want, you know, he never hides from the game. And if, if, if you know, if Cantwell keeps that up in every game, he's always trying, he's trying to make things click. He's going here, there. He's given quite a... A free role today, able to influence around the pitch. I think if that's a sign of things to come, it'll be quite promising, especially in big games, you know, the likes of the old firm where he'll probably have more space on the pitch. Uh, you know, he won't be so heavily marked and he won't be, if the onus won't be on him to break down the defence, he'll be able to properly show what he's, he's got. And if he, if he keeps it up, yeah, I think we'll have a proper player on our hands. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think the squad is starting to look healthy again. I think it's been a long time since we've said that and the attacking mm. options we seem to have at the moment. We've maybe got a wee bit fortunate that guys like Fashion Sakala that have, have really 
came to the table um, and really started to make a claim to start in this team. But listen, that's great for us. Um, we want everyone pushing each other. And I think I think Catwell will be a big part of that. And I think we'll see the best in the Rangers. That's that's certainly what I hope for anyway. David, before we move on, your thoughts on Catwell? How did you think he got on today? It sometimes can be a, a different perspective when you're in the ground and, and watching it outside the ground in terms of the coverage and TV. Did, how did you feel he got on from your, from your position? I was... I'll be honest, mate, I was delighted with that for a first showing. Um, we need to remember the guy hasn't played competitively in months. Um, so he's he might be fit, but he's not match fit. Um, I thought a lot of his movement was good. He was taking up some good positions, admittedly. As Alex said, he did drop a bit deeper and maybe some not so great positions. But I think the key thing, and again, just kind of copying what Alex said at this point, he didn't hide. He was keen and eager to get in and about. Um, and that's great to see. It's good that, I mean, we've seen his dress sense. So I think we all know he's a confident lad. But, um, you know, it was great to see that level of confidence on the pitch where he felt he could just go and influence the game. It's going to take time for him to get match fit. But I've got every faith that actually we should see mm. the good version of Campwell, the one that we've wanted to sign rather than the one that's spent you know, the last year or two trying to get a game. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a I think there's a whole story behind why he's not been playing for Nordic City. Maybe fell it with Daniel Farker was he he was there, couldn't work his way back in with Dean Smith. And I think I listened to a, a Norwich podcast about it that you know he, he will tell his side of the story on this one day um, regarding that. So listen <laughs> If we can get the best out of Todd Candwell, then it's only going to be good for us, isn't it? I'm not really bothered what happened in the past. This guy's he's only 24. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to come from him. So, it's you not know, even that's right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is mm. we've said this before. You know, this is the kind of profile that the club should be prioritising. You can't sign players always with the intention of developing them and selling them. You need to have a balance, but. I think it's a really good signing. The guy's been linked with 40, 50 million moves only a couple of years ago. It's not like five, six years ago. It's it's pretty recent. You know, I think it's I think it's a really good pickup uh, from Rangers. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. I'm just seeing Curry having a go at my wardrobe as well. So <laughs> you know, I, I would maybe wear some of the stuff that Todd Cantwell throws on. It's you know that that's up to you, Curry. However <laughs> you feel about that. <laughs> So yeah, we'll, we'll move on. There's actually not too much in the rest of the game, and I'm pretty sure everyone listening and engaging will probably agree with me on this. It, it kind of went kind of flat after this, the, the second goal with Rangers. Um, uh, I've got a couple of notes here. 60th minute, 66th minute, should I say, sorry. Really good save from Alan McGregor from a corner. He gets down really low to his left-hand side, mm. really makes a good save. Um, Sakala, 1v1. It was a really good break from Rangers. He should probably score. Um, and he doesn't, unfortunately. I've got noted the 72nd minute. Uh, Morelos, Kent and Thielman come off for Cholak, Scott Wright and Yanis Hadji. So let's have a wee chat about Yanis Hadji. Alex, yeah. how did you feel to to see Yanis Hadji back? I'm sure it's been a really tough year for him yeah. personally. Um, we can maybe get on to talking about his performance later on. I don't think it was great, but that is just to be expected when he's been out for so long, you know. Were you encouraged to see him back? Um, and how did you feel actually about his performance? I've probably stole, stole your thunder a wee bit. How did you feel about that? I a hundred percent. I think uh, you know. Obviously, it's just finally there's some light at the end of a tunnel in terms of the, the chronic injury issues the squad's been facing. 
obviously he's he's faced a year out so it's not you know he's not at the root of it but there's finally players coming back and I actually thought he was all right you know I thought it was a classic Hadji performance I think well classic Yanis Hadji performance um you know he was he was finding players open he was uh balls over the top or out wide he was looking to direct things he was looking to play the first time pass you know he was he was quick you know you, you could tell he was rusty but you know he, he he wanted to make things happen and that's that's really 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 encouraging to see especially since you know you know it shows his vision you know that never goes away and as more, he gets more game time and he picks up, he'll only, he'll only go back to a player we all kind of think he was in, maybe if he wasn't that. And his, you know, his knee didn't explode when he was jogging after the ball. So that was, that was always, that's always a bonus, I think. So I, I think he gave a good account of himself for the 25 or so minutes he had. Yeah, I think it's a really difficult injury to come back from. Um, I think we're maybe fortunate with Yanis Hadji that, He's never really, his game's never really been about pace. He's never really relied on it. So I think that's something that we can take as encouragement. Um, I wouldn't say Yanis Hadji's slow. Um, he, he can definitely move, but it's never been what his game's been based on. It's been more about quick footwork, uh, really, really decisive passes in games. And he, he does have an eye for goal as well. So it's really encouraging to see him back. David, how did you feel about, you know, seeing Yanis Hadji back at, like I said, it must have been a really tough time out for him. Yeah. Um, first off, just delighted to see him back on the pitch after the length of injury, and you touched on it, but the type of injury that he had as well. It's a proper sore one. Um, I think what stood out for me more than anything else, I mean, we can talk about quality, we can talk about his movement. Um, I read quite a good article the other day about how he'd... Um, been doing an awful lot of analysis on games and coaching as well to kind of understand that side of it so that you could improve this game but the one thing that stuck out for me more than anything else again he didn't hide um there's a couple of pretty crappy tackles came in on him and it didn't seem to phase him he didn't shrink in himself you know he still kept showing still wanted the ball um so for me that's probably the most important thing that I took from that. Match fitness will come with time. Um, I'd, I'd probably argue we're not going to see the best of Hadji this season. I think he'll need that pre-season under his belt, and it'll be next season before we really see the benefit of all that, but the fact that it hasn't affected his mentality, it hasn't stopped him going in for balls is huge, because if that had happened, then you've got a major problem. Um, clearly, it didn't, so that for me is the biggest positive I took. Yeah, I thought the reaction to, to that tackle he had was quite, I think someone commented about it there, it was actually quite encouraging to see this is a guy just back mm -hmm. and he's really fired mm -hmm. up and really wanting to show what it's all about. And I have to agree with you, David, a lot of the stuff I was reading about Hadji when he was, uh, you know, out and, and injured and in rehab and things and all the analysis he was trying to do to improve his game. Listen, that's exactly what you what you uh, want to hear about Rangers players if they can't be on the park. You know, you want to hear that they're doing everything off the park to get better and to come back stronger. Cool. So it, it comes across to me that Yanis Hadji is an extreme professional um, and he's mm -hmm. dedicated to this and, and he wants to get back to the level. So I'm sure he will. Um, I'm sure he'll get back to the level under us and 
I'm really looking forward to it because I still don't feel I still don't feel we've seen the best of Yanis Hadji at Rangers. Mm. I've always felt he's kind of just below what I would expect from him with his kind of talent, the ability to go both ways. Um, and I'd love to see that here. Um, you can just tell that he is such a great player because he always seems to have interest in him, even if he's not on the park, which is very strange. Mm. Um, so a lot a lot of uh, recruitment teams must have a, an eye on Yanis Hadji for the future. So Listen, really encouraging. We'll, we'll just kind of finalise the game here, actually, because that was actually the 72nd minute those changes were made. And I really don't have any notes after that, surprisingly. I think there was a few chances for for Sakala. I think he had one def- one deflected from the left, and then he had one that hit the side mm. netting from a save. Um, there wasn't really a lot at the end of the game. We kind of just seen the game out, um, which is... I think as fans, sometimes you get a wee bit frustrated. The other side of the 10 men, you kind of want to go and kill the game, but I can understand the, the team just trying to kill things off. So, Alex, we'll, we'll come to you then, the kind of final thoughts on the game. How did you feel overall with Rangers today? Um, I thought it was quite a comfortable performance. You know, do you, hmm. do you still feel there, there, there are levels to go in this yeah. team? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it was... We built a lot of fluency in the game, just lacked a, a real cutting edge a lot of the time. I think it'll it'll set us up well though if we can play like that and get the finishing down and get the the final ball down as well. Obviously Hearts, that's a tough game, might be a bit freer for game. They're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna attack us, you know, in a really, really rich vein of form right now. They're gonna wanna play off their fans because their fans really spurring them on as well. So if we can exploit what might be gaps in the system, then if we play like we did today, we shouldn't have too much of a problem. I thought, you know, Goldson and Davies didn't really put a foot wrong. They, sh- uh, you know, shouldn't have too much trouble against most of the strike forces in the in the Premiership. And I think today kind of proved that we 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 can be at a level above this because, you know. If that goalkeeper doesn't make a few great saves and we don't fluff our lines a few times, that could easily have been four or maybe five. And it's just about getting to a place where it is four and it is five and we don't fluff our lines. And even if a goalkeeper does have an immense game, we're still putting goals past them because you know we're Rangers and that's what we have to do. Yeah, I think that's a good point there in terms of the, the goals we could have scored today. I actually felt that at halftime that the game should have just been way more comfortable than it was. Um, I just thought we'd created a lot of opportunities. Uh, I've not actually looked at the statistics behind the game and every time I mention this in this podcast, someone gives me uh, abuse in the comments, but I haven't checked the I haven't checked the XG today, so I can't bring it up. I'm not sure where we, stand, <laughs> where we lie on that today. Um, so yeah, I, I felt that just from the eye that we probably should have been a wee bit more comfortable at halftime. David, how did you feel about the performance? Like I said to Alex, do you feel there's there's still levels to go? And Alex actually touched upon there, you know, Connor Goldson, Ben Davies. Were there any players in particular you were quite impressed with today outside of the ones we've mentioned? I thought Kent had some moments. Um, maybe not the entire game uh, but there was definitely some moments that free kick that he won at the edge of the box for example that was um, really well played you know cutting in the middle of the park overall um, I think controlled is probably 
how I would describe it. There were some brilliant bits of link-up play, interchanges, um, some great passing between folks, but then it just seemed to break down. And I think, as Alex alluded to, you know, over time, that's going to come. Um, you know, it's still pretty early days in the BO tenure, if we're being honest. Um, so I hope that comes. One thing I would say is um, you're just talking about hearts there. I think that game might suit us a hell of a lot more than St. Johnson, to be fair, because mm. um, it's going to be a game rather than, you know, trying to break down two blocks of five, as you mentioned earlier, Ross. So I, I think the hearts game could be quite exciting. I'm probably looking forward to that, I would say. Um, I think there's enough seen today to make me think that we should be able to take the chances. The only thing that maybe worries me is, again, back to the whole Morelos chat. And, you know, are we going to be clinical enough to finish those? But, mm. yeah, overall, definitely encouraging signs. You would hope there'll be a couple other signings in the door, which will add to that. Um, but I thought ta I thought Campwell made quite an impact today as well, just mm. with sheer presence. Um, it seemed like people were trying to do a wee bit more than maybe what they have in the past. So, yeah, very encouraged. Yeah, I agree with you. I just wanted to pick on what you said there about Hearts midweek. I actually think that's why Sakala didn't play today. I think mm. there's an eye on midweek. I think I think you're right. I think it's a great point in terms of it will be a different game. I think Hearts will, you know, the form they've been in this season with Lauren Shanklin and things, they'll really believe that they can win this game. Um, so I would imagine it's going to be a wee bit more end-to-end, -end, more about kind of transitions and, and Fashion Sakala is, is great for that when there's space ahead of them. So that's actually what I was thinking about today. Curry Munch has actually came in and gave us the stats for today as well. So I didn't have to do it. You know, 69% possession, 84% in the first half, 20 shots, 11 on target. You know, it, it is good statistics for Rangers today. Mm. But before I... In fact, I'll just ask you your man in the match now because I kind of know mine. I was going to go in a bit of a rant there about the player that impressed me the most, but I will just ask you your man in the match now. David, man of the match for today, who would you go with? Campwell. Okay. That I don't I don't disagree with you. I think it's a I think he had a good game. Um Alex, what about yourself? Man of the match? I, I probably would have gone Ryan Kent. Nice. Okay. I, I always find this funny because everyone just has a different you, look. You're just going to say just, Goldson, aren't you? <laughs> I wish I could get. I wish I could say Goldson. I don't think he was. I don't think he was tested enough today to really give him man of the match. Mm. I'm actually going to give man of the match to someone I'm quite uh, harsh on sometimes in this Rangers team, and I'm going to give it to Malik Tillman. I thought Malik Tillman that, especially mm. that first half. I thought some of the. Some of the work he was doing off the ball more than on the ball. He won the ball back like four or five times um, off St. Johnston. He was really working hard off the ball. And I think that is... I've seen a little bit of chatter on Twitter this week about people feeling that he doesn't work hard enough off the ball and he's, and he's lazy. And I've seen people comparing him to Aribo. It's just not something I agree with. I think this guy no. gives everything he's got. I think you're starting to see more of it tracking back to corners today. Winning possession, and I just thought on the ball as well. Some of his passing through the lines was just superb. I mean, I think I think this guess, this guy is getting better every single week. So mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Malik Tillman. I thought he was 
he was great today and I think he just has all the characteristics to be a top fo footballer, to be honest. And I don't mean to look too far ahead, but I think he's got everything to go and play at the top oh. level. Um, he's just got the whole round package, the physicality, the technicality in the ball, just seems to have the mentality as well off the ball to work hard. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Malik Tillman. And like I said, I've been very critical of Malik Tillman up until maybe about a month ago. I feel like he was maybe a wee bit too slow in possession sometimes. Didn't really understand when to move the ball quickly. And, mm. and I think he's I think he's really starting to find that now. And, and I think he's yeah. one of the first uh, names in the team sheet. What do you think? Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, right. I think the only thing I can say about Tillman is I can almost see him becoming a bit like Kent in the sense that you become it almost becomes expected those wee moments of magic. So you'll criticize him when he doesn't do it, but when he does do it, you just like, oh yeah, Tillman's doing Tillman things, you know. Um mm. but no, I I thought he was really good again. Um it was close between him and Campwell for me, but I thought Campwell just edged it. The one thing I would say, I'd be absolutely amazed if we don't pick up that option to buy come the end of the season. Mm. Yeah, I think the hesitancy, hesitancy around it is obviously the, the size of the fee. Five million is quite a big outlay for us. And obviously there's that rumour that Bayern Munich have some sort of buyback in it. But I think for the quality of player that you're getting there, if there is the ability to bring this guy in for five million and, and say Bayern have a 20 plus on it, I think it's good business for Rangers. You're kind of guaranteeing that sale and he can come in and make an impact for you. Interestingly enough, um, a lot of people feel that uh, Tillman was a good shout. Uh, Kamara was good too. I think I've seen one here from Robert Winnie. He's calling me out completely. You know, Kamara for the 90 minutes was definitely better than the rest. I love how me and Alex both didn't say Kamara either, but you get the <laughs> Yeah. The host, is, the host is taking it this time. Yeah, Pete Lawrence agrees. Probably go with Kamara in this one. Listen, guys, I'm never going to criticise anyone that chooses Glenn Kamara as man of the match. I'm a massive fan of Glenn Kamara, so I'm never going to go against that. So I, I think that's actually it for this evening. I think I've got through everything, surprisingly. I had quite a lot of notes there. Um, just a wee bit of housekeeping for us. We will be back tomorrow with the Sunday podcast. I believe that's Kyle hosting. Uh, that'll be around 8pm. So I know there's been a lot of comments tonight about certain members of the squad, you know, kind of Alex Lowry, our thoughts on John Lundstrom and things like that. They'll definitely pick up on all this tomorrow. So please get involved tomorrow night. Um, you can find us on the, all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast, again, in all major podcast platforms. So give us a like on there, a follow on there, any five-star reviews that you can give it. It mm. helps us out massively. Um, and please remember to subscribe to the channel. We've got a, a 5K target, and we're getting pretty close. So really appreciate it. If you've not been here before, please hit the button, help us out. And liking the video is huge for us as well. That That's massive. So if you enjoy the content, guys, please uh, give us a wee subscribe and a like. It, it goes a long way for us. And helps kind of spread awareness of the podcast for everyone else. So all I need to do then is, uh, yep, thank the guest. David, thanks for joining us tonight. Ah, thanks for having me, Ross. It's good, good to talk. Yeah, it was a pleasure, mate. Not been on the podcast for a while together, actually, so it's been a good one. And yeah, just can't kind of be a Saturday when Rangers win, eh? It's always, it's always better. Alex, that was mm. a, a great debut. Uh, you've nailed it. I've seen a lot of people oh, in the comments enjoyed it. So I hope you enjoyed it and... Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, definitely, thanks. It's good to, you know, be gobbing off to other people, not just my my own family for once. Other lads in the group I, chat. So, can I just ask one thing? Because I did see mm -hmm. a comment in the chat, 
and I don't think we touched it. Is that Rangers bunting that you've got up there? Aye, right, so this is my dad's blue room. So he's got that, he's got the big, he's yeah. got right behind here. Wow, that is uh, impressive. That is a hell of a blue room. You've definitely Actually, just became the Dave, the the favourite podcaster. I well, think I think well, you're the favourite well, contributor now. So the guy five minutes in who accused me of being an Aberdeen fan, that's for you. All right, you've spurred me on. I'm going to be on this every every week now, showing off <laughs> new posters and that, just despite you. So there, he's proved himself. He's he's one of us. Um, and yeah, like I agree with yourself, David. It's a lot. And and Alex, you said that there. Coming on this podcast, it's better for me to come and talk about Rangers because if I don't come on and talk about the podcast, I go through <laughs> the living room and talk to my girlfriend and annoy her about it. So it's much better oh. doing it here. You know, I can get it out and I can talk about it and mm. that's it. So yeah, yeah, really good for result for Rangers today. Thanks everyone in the, in the chat and the comments for getting involved. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, um, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Right. Yeah.